Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization in government. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we're talking about a recent report from the National Security Agency and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency that details threats to Kubernetes container environments and provides configuration guidance to minimize risks. Our guest today is Paul Fox, Senior Product Manager at Palo Alto Networks. Prior to joining Palo Alto Networks, Paul previously served as an IT specialist in the executive office of the president, worked as a senior consultant and architect at Microsoft for nearly a decade, and as a solutions architect at Twistlock, a leader in container security, which Palo Alto Networks acquired in 2019. Paul, thanks so much for joining us and welcome to the program. Hey, Wyatt. Thank you for having me. The NSA and CISA recently released security guidance on configuring Kubernetes environments, which offer portable open source platforms for managing containerized workloads and services. The development of containerized microservices has been instrumental, obviously, in helping organizations move from traditional physical servers to virtual environments that make it easier to automate and scale computing workloads. But Paul, I'd like to start the conversation by setting a baseline. What are the most important recommendations that have just come out from the NSA's guidance, and how will those recommendations help agencies better secure their workloads? Yes, I think all the recommendations are extremely important. But in my opinion, I think the pod security recommendations are the most important, because really the pod is where all the processing occurs within a Kubernetes cluster. This is the most likely point of an entry point for an attacker, a foothold to gain access into that clustered environment and traverse into other points of interest. Preventive measures like vulnerability and compliance of the images even before they become running containers and knowing how those images are going to behave as a container, as a pod within the environment is, I think, very critical. This kind of builds on the build, ship, and run phases, right? So we have build as you build your images, as you ship your images, put them in registries for deployment, you pull them from other locations, and then how they run within the environment. So really, it's a, it's a great microservices defense and depth strategy for the build, ship, and run. And also, too, um, th- their guidance is primarily focused on Kubernetes. There's a lot of recommendations out there, and their guidance is in line with a lot of those recommendations that come from places like the Center of Internet Security, NIST, National Institute of Standards and Technologies, all those recommendations. So it's good to see that NSA's and CISA's public recommendations is in line with industry's guidance. And the last thing I think is very important that they really hone in on is logging. They stress the need to always be watching the, the environments in your clusters for anomalous behavior to quickly identify those behaviors and address them. Well, thank you for laying that out. Next, I'd like to get your take on how pervasively is Kubernetes being used across federal agencies these days? Yeah, I see it everywhere. I'm impressed at how rapidly the federal agencies have adopted this technology. I personally encountered Docker, the precursor to Kubernetes, back at NIST back in 2015, and then I encountered Kubernetes in 2017. So here we are in 2021. It's everywhere. From the executive, legislative, judicial branches, we see them implement it. We see it in the DOD. It's everywhere. What I found really interesting was how they've adopted the Kubernetes in the orchestration platform. 
And especially in the government spaces, we see the commercial flavors of Kubernetes. What I mean by that is we see OpenShift, we see Rancher, D2IQ, Tanzu. So all these commercial implementations of the Kubernetes orchestration we see prevalent throughout all of the government. I'd like to equate it to what we saw back in the early 2000s of virtual machines. The government was an early adopter of those services, too, back when, like, 2004, 2005, 2006, especially when I was at executive office of the president, we saw rapid growth in virtual machines. And we're seeing that rapid growth again with these microservices. And the microservices models makes a lot of sense in the government. The ability to rapidly adapt and to evolve to provide more secure and uh, rapidly changing applications and capabilities to the populace is critical. Absolutely, particularly as agencies move increasingly towards a hybrid computing model. Next, let me ask, what do you see as some of the primary challenges, though, that agencies run up against with compliance as they develop workloads and microservices across multiple cloud environments? So I think like every organization, the biggest challenge is going to be staffing, right? Having the people there with the knowledge and the capabilities to implement them securely and to follow the guidance. So following the CIO Council's Cloud Smart strategy, right, they specifically address the workforce. So getting talent in and retaining talent that can manage these new technologies across all these different cloud service providers. In Going back to Kubernetes, what this is based upon is extremely flexible. It can be deployed almost anywhere. We, we see it in isolated, classified environments, on-premises, in-cloud providers, multiple cloud providers. We even see it running on laptops. So we see it everywhere. So the ability to have staffing that can quickly understand these technologies and to manage these technologies securely and within compliance, I think, is critical. And then what kind of tooling and capabilities should agency IT leaders be investing in to ensure that, you know, all the different players across the development, security, and operations continuum, if you will, have a consistent understanding of compliance, especially when it comes to Kubernetes? Right. So as for tooling, Kubernetes is a hot space right now. If you just look at the startups in their space, there's a lot of smart people out there identifying opportunities and developing tools for these spaces. And I think any tool that kind of helps you implement these methodologies, these frameworks, like the build, chip, run of microservices, the ability to identify vulnerability and compliance issues within all these phases of the life cycle of, of an application as it goes through these different phases. Tooling should address what software comprises these applications within the environment. Keep me up to date of new and evolving vulnerabilities and how can I lifecycle out vulnerabilities. Software is eventually going to become vulnerable over time. So how do we keep a continuous view of your vulnerabilities and manage those vulnerabilities? Knowing what you got, managing those vulnerabilities, mitigating those vulnerabilities, and removing those vulnerabilities. Tooling should address compliance, right? How is the environment configured? Is it configured to operate in a trusted fashion? Instead of just doing the next, next, next install, what guidance out there can help configure my environment to ensure compliance? So perfect example is this guidance from NSA, CISA. What tools can help me to ensure that I am applying these guidelines and implementing these guidelines continually, not just at a moment in time? And then the, the third thing I think is really important in tooling is, okay, great, we're talking microservices, Kubernetes, images. 
when those things grow up and become running containers, right, when they become a, a pod within the Kubernetes cluster, is that pod behaving as expected within my runtime environment? What kind of tools out there can help me ensure that that pod is behaving appropriately as I intended? The best tools out there are the tools that help you understand the fundamentals of the technology you're implementing. An example I like to give is from the NSA CISA guide, right? You want to build a container that does not run as root. This goes back to the fundamentals of how a container runs based upon an image. The image comes in during the build and ship phases prior to Kubernetes launching it as a pod within the environment. So what I would do is I would look for tools that would help me build those gates of identifying in the build and ship phases to ensure that containers, when they grow up to become running pods in my uh, Kubernetes cluster, that they don't run as root within my runtime. That helps the organization learn what is the underlying technologies that Kubernetes is orchestrating. That's critical to any tool. And then taking a somewhat broader view of the IT environment, how can some of these same capabilities be used to ensure compliance across multiple cloud services that run, for example, on Azure or AWS or Google Cloud or others? Yeah, right. So all the major cloud service providers, the ones that you just listed, offer Kubernetes as a service. So it's there, you can light up the service, you can run a Kubernetes clusters. When you run services across multiple cloud providers, you have the challenge of having the skills to effectively manage and secure these multiple environments. So going back to having the staffing and the knowledge to manage these various cloud service providers, because they all provide very similar services, but they all operate slightly differently and takes a skill set. I'm not saying don't run across multiple cloud service providers. I'm definitely not saying that, but but implement tools that help manage the distribution of your workloads across these cloud service providers. So there's things called cloud service posture management tools. It gives you the visibility and control the environment across all your cloud service providers. Now that's pretty powerful stuff. Absolutely. Then lastly, Paul, do you have any final recommendations for our agency listeners today about moving forward with this new guidance and the continuing evolution of microservices? So um, Kubernetes is one that orchestration wars. So it's definitely a technology that's here to stay. Uh, The adoption is huge. But remember, Kubernetes is an open sourced uh, platform, right? So there are a lot of other components that make up a Kubernetes cluster that need to be hardened. So like the underlying Docker or the the underlying virtualization engines and things like that. I think that's important to keep an eye on. And then the nice part about it being open source is it's widely available. It can run on Windows, Mac OS, and Linux, and you can download it today and get familiar with it. It's not one of these untouchable technologies. It's freely available. You can pull it down and, and start demystifying and understanding what this guidance is truly trying to implement and provide the hardening of Kubernetes across the federal space. Paul Fox, thank you so much for joining us to talk about how agencies can keep pace with the changing guidance on Kubernetes. Thanks, Wyatt. It was good to be here. And thanks as well to Palo Alto Networks for underwriting today's episode. Look for more of our series on IT modernization in government on fedsgroup.com and our FedScoop radio channels wherever you get your podcasts. This is Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in.